ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. So a little bit of rotation here, uh, Chris. And uh, as we mentioned on the uh, on the preview of uh, the Eintracht game, you were unsure whether or not Benfica was going to be able to get a good result against Eintracht because of uh, of the lineup or the approach that Laj may have. Looking at this lineup, what was your first thoughts? Yeah, I thought Benfica was resting a couple of guys too many, one too many guys. But, you know, fortunately enough, they turned around, they performed. Benfica had a spectacular performance. I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to give you the privilege of breaking down the game. But um, the result turned out to be a lot better than I initially expected when I first looked at the lineup. Um, as you know, you and many other people have reached out to me asking me my prediction ahead of the game. And I said, I, I really have to, to reserve my thoughts regarding this game because I don't know which way Bruno Lage is going to go. And he, he did rest a couple of key guys, but nonetheless, Benfica uh, was was uh, worthy enough of an opponent to uh, to bring things and uh, perform well enough. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it was the uh, first uh, 15 minutes, I would say a pretty balanced uh, game. But Ugu, after the red card that Eintracht picked up, and you know, with, with reason, obviously, because there was a, a clear red card going down to 10 men and a subsequent penalty for Benfica, which Benfica ended up getting on the scoreboard. Now Benfica starts taking a little bit of, of the lead in this game. We were just lucky that was in the Liga Nos because they would have probably not even gotten to VAR. But Fortunately enough, it wasn't. It was in Europa League. Go ahead, Dave. I mean, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I thought the the penalty uh, unlocked the game a bit for Benfica. I thought Benfica came out a bit shaky. Uh, the first ten minutes uh, pretty much belonged to to Eintracht, um, and I thought they were again Eintracht's a dangerous opponent. They were moving the ball around very well, um, and then uh, a little bit of of uh, Laj's magic because Laj uh, played Jean Felix and Jetson really close to one another in that game. Um, he actually came out with no striker, which was a bit a bit surprising. Altered the formation a bit, put Samadji in the midfield next to Faza. Um, <clears throat> but you know, so that 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 goal actually came from a, a combination between Jetson and João Felix, and a clear penalty, clear red card. Um, and then from that moment on, I again I was a bit disappointed with how we gave up a goal. Uh, you know, down down uh, down no up a man. Um, you know, Faza can't give the ball away yeah. away at that that point of the game but uh overall um yeah yeah and it, it comes at a period where Eintracht is trying to react right with 10 men that, that we all know and we've been around football long enough that playing against 10 men isn't always going to be an advantage and quite often the team that plays with 10 men seems to tend to to organize themselves better uh and, and really make it competitive and that's what uh that's what Eintracht did uh they were able to capitalize on that mistake as you mentioned uh but we were we 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 shut down that pretty quick with Felix getting a second goal right before the half and I can't I think that tampered off a little bit of of what the momentum that Eintracht was uh was building up Chris well they looked for their important second away goal and Benfica yeah. was was unfortunately was wasn't able to capitalize on a few chances they had to extend that lead and really eliminate uh, this tie going into the second leg in, in, in Germany. I thought Sferovic had a, a perfect chance, a one-on-one -on -one with Kevin Trapp. And, hey, look, 
whether you want to blame it on Sferovica, you want to put the pressure or, or or you want to say that Trap was did well enough to get his leg on the on the shot and deflect it to go wide. It, it is what it is. And those are the opportunities that a team must take advantage of when you're trying to kill off any any opportunity going into the second leg. And Mifika wasn't a, wasn't able to do that. And uh credit to 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 Frankfurt, which you know I don't like to give the opposition credit many times, but credit to them. They never gave up. And uh Gonzalo Paciencia who came in, was able to get his head on the ball and place it opposite post and get the 4-2, yeah. get it to 4-2 and give themselves a, 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 a shooting chance going back to, to Germany. Um, and it was very, at that point, Alfredo, I have to be brutally honest with you, it was very deflating to give up that second goal. And uh, it was kind of a negative feeling, to be brutally honest with you. But the more I thought about it as the time went on, um, I'd rather be on, on on the end of a 4-2 victory than, than on the opposite end of a 2-4 uh, uh, defeat. Benfica played well enough. Juan Felix stepped up when just, I mean, if you guys recall last week, I was here on the podcast saying that Juan Felix, I thought, would benefit from a day off. Um, I thought he needed uh, to get to get some 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 minutes on the sidelines because it looked like his his legs were getting tired and he stepped up scored his scored his hat trick became the youngest Portuguese player ever to score a hat trick in the European competition. I think not just the youngest Portuguese but the youngest ever to score a hat trick in European competition. The kid stepped up and came to play. Um, as many people have said before, and you know, obviously news is out there that Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, everyone came out to see Jovic, and they all left impressed with, with uh, my brother, uh, João Felix, who had an exceptional game. Um, and you know, all when when it's all said and done, um, Benfica takes a four-two lead into uh, Germany, and hopefully they're able to to hold on and and capitalize on this. A magnificent victory at home and move on to the semifinals to face uh, against Chelsea or what a locomotive. Braha. Slava. Slava. It was Slava close. Locomotive, Slava. You guys understand how I get it next time. And, and Ugo, quite a quite a, a night for Juan Felix, right? Not, there's not, he gets the, the hat trick, but also, you know, as, as Cristiano mentioned and, and David put on his stats, the youngest player ever. Uh, to get a hat trick in uh, competition, beating out uh, Eusebio's record. But you get a hat trick. You get a sense that it's one of those games that everything is going well for you. And then when he scores that third goal, there, there's that the emotions finally come out. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I think it was a bit of uh, silencing some of the critics uh, that was coming out in the press. Um, if you guys recall correctly, Laj in in his post game press conferences was already having to answer uh, about Jean Felix being in bashed forma. Um, so again, it was important for the kid to do it and to do it at that stage. Um, as Chris alluded to earlier, there's tons of scouts, uh, unfortunately for us or fortunately for us, however you want to look at that. For me, it's unfortunately, um, he was able to, to rise to the occasion and, and, uh, silence a lot of the critics that, uh, obviously were, uh, were coming, were stepping forward and, uh, um, trying to, 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 to get into his head. Yeah. Look, at this point, if you don't have a, a folder on Juan Felix that's about an, an inch thick and you're watching him for the first time, you're late to the party. You're, you're definitely not going to be one of the suitors that is going to uh, beat that clause and, and take him away. So uh, at this point, Juan Felix is, is not news to, to anybody. Shouldn't Nobody should be um, surprised by Juan Felix's talent because the talent is there. Obviously, a, a, a European game in the quarterfinals of the Europa League and you're able to score three goals and you have that dominator of performance, obviously that's something that a lot of people take note. But João Felix has arrived on the scene. He, he is here. 
think is it true you you've given him some playing tips all right look that's between him and i and i think we'd like to uh to keep it on the Benfica podcast we'll talk about it all fair but look now nah, the kid doesn't need any tips from me uh he's a fantastic player he's he's, he's made the most of his opportunity in Bruno lodge has um used them as smartly as anyone he's given them as you know as much of uh, leeway as, as there is i think the one thing about Bruno lodge and it's one thing i've, I've touted about Bruno lodge since since we've um since he's been appointed uh, the head coach at Benfica, is that he instills this confidence in uh, every player, from from a, a youngster in a in a you know a Juan Felix to a Jetson to a uh, Florentino to a Jonas to a veteran like Jonas. Conto. Exactly, Todos Conto. But then again, look, I don't like to use that Todos Conto on Hugo because our former coach used to say, Caval passaporta de frente todos. <laughs> and we saw that that wasn't the case because Tarapt uh, was outside with his cowboy boots on and his cowboy hat and the, and the horse never came through. Um, or so, the camel, whichever the way cam- you want to look at it. Pavaca or Cavaca. Camels in Portugal in Wild Park. Come on, Alfred. And it's logic. It's logic, but no, manual in Lisboa. Cavacas and cavalos, isa. But look, he's, 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 they've both worked fantastic off of one another. Um, and I think it's it's been terrific to watch. But I've I've mentioned I here on, on a handful of times that um I had the privilege of speaking to a couple of uh Benfica guys. This guy's that, always name dropping. I'm not I, I said I had the privilege. <laughs> I am not name dropping. I'm saying I spoke to to a couple of people that know the insides of Benfica a lot better than I would ever anticipate. And so this is direct knowledge of of what's going on. And so when I question uh the addition of Juan Felix and being promoted full fully to the to, to the main squad, and then uh, Jetson, and then you get to January, and you get Florentino, and you get Jonas, uh, uh, not Jonah, what's his name, Jota, Jota, and you start making all the inferno, and you start asking all these questions, and the and and the overwhelming response from those on the inside, and I'm, I will not drop names, but from those, and I'm not making this up because obviously what I'm saying is correct. Um, the overwhelming response from everyone was Chris. These kids are prepped for this from the earliest stage possible at Benfica. So when a Florentino gets promoted to a Benfica, to the main squad, and he's playing in a team and he's making his debut as a starter in Istanbul, to him it's another day because he's playing with that added pressure every single day, whether it's at Benfica B or at Benfica U19. So to them, to these people, when I did mention these players, to them it was like, bro, it's another day. It's another walk in the park. Where to myself, it was a surprise. And I'm being honest. I'm not, I know you're smiling at me. I'm not trying to be fatigued. I'm being honest. I was surprised, like, whoa, damn, yo, Florentino making his debut in Istanbul, and the kid looks like he hasn't missed a beat, looks like he's comfortable. And like, Chris, why are you surprised? This is what Benfica preps these kids on a day-to-day basis for moments like this. So every moment on the B team, on the U19s, you whatever you go down the line, they are prepped to when they get to the stage that it's just another day for them. It's yeah. not a that's, deer in the headlights. That's the importance of having a B team. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Allowing these boys to play against men. Yeah. Um, and, and let's not forget also that Benfica has been to two uh, UEFA Youth Champions League finals in the past five years. Uh, which is obviously the the highest level of competition that you could have at the at the youth level. So these players have played in that stage, so they're used to that type of pressure. They're used to this type of competition. So as Cristiano mentioned, the transition is seamless. It's seamless. It seems to them it's nothing new. It's like 
Nothing changes on their day-to-day preparation. And we know that expectations are high as they move up the chain. We know that preparation and, 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 and basically the walk up to the game, the lead up to the game is different. Hugo, you've been involved in this with Arsenal and other, and, and other organizations. Our good friend Leroy Skater sitting here watching us. Alfredo, you've been privy to this as well. We see every team, every age level, every group has a different way of approaching things. And Benfica tries to keep that as close as possible from the main squad to the under-14s to the juniors to because they want these kids to just move up the ladder and it all be seamless. It all be the same exact thing that they've been practicing, yeah. same thing they've been going through over the last four or five years. It's nothing new to them. What does Brunelage does? And again, it goes back to the question that we posed last week. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know how to gauge. I don't know how to guess. I don't know what Bruno Lage and the higher uppers, right? The guys in the suits, what decision they're going to make well, going into this game on Thursday. Bruno Lage is as mentioned, and and I think that when when people question him about the rotation of the squad. Uh, the explanation that that he has for uh, for 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 this, and and he doesn't really consider it rotation. He considers that every player brings a different wrinkle to the game or a different skill set. And when he put when he decides to put Florentino or he decides to put Faisa, uh instead of Florentino or Samaris or whoever, he feels that that's what the game asks for. Uh, so when people question about his his rotation, it's not so much the the rotation. He explains it as people. That's what the game asks for. He needs players with those traits and that's those skill sets, and that's what he's going to uh, play with. If Eintracht scores two goals, they're through. Yeah, I think again. I think the man that could play a pivotal role on the, on Thursday, if if he does get in the action, because he he only came on in the second half as a substitute, is Peasy because he has that calming influence. He could calm the game down, settle it down. Um, so I think he would be, it would be big to insert him in the lineup, but again, I don't know to Chris's point earlier. I don't know what Laja is going to do, um, as far as some of those guys score one goal, do the opposite of what the hell you went into Stadio a couple of weeks ago in the Tassel Portugal, you score one goal there, the tie is done. I hope Benfica does the same thing, score a goal. In Frankfurt, hopefully Svetovic will want to come back and uh, prove to his to his old fans. Much like Jovic, absolutely. Much like Jovic, um, come in and prove and that look, he's not a a mishap. It wasn't a shot in the dark that he's a, that he is a quality player. He scores a goal, give Benfica the early breathing room, and and I think you know it could be a very positive Thursday afternoon or evening, uh, I should say. My man was like this. He looked like one hundred percent. one hundred percent. No, you know what Ruben Michael reminded me of a crossing guard at Oliver Street School when I was going to grammar school. He's like, oh, parai. that's what he looked like, yo. Don't... No, no, it bro. The guy had his arm up. I mean, it was obvious. it was clear as day. Well, the luge was quiet enough that uh, he could have heard anything, right? I don't even get us started on uh, on the on quietness at the luge. Because we're not there, but uh, there, there's been the, the biggest topic is uh, the, the stadium culture at Stade de Luge with people leaving early with the with the PD lumps with the lights. And you got to stay tuned to Time Added On for that, which That's will right. come out on Bifiki Dependent no, that was, later on this week. That was last week we talked about the stadium culture. Well, we'll talk about it again because it's been an embarrassment. But look, as opposed to everyone else, I have a different opinion and we'll talk about that later so stay tuned check out time added on time a o 19 on twitter and we will give you the latest you want to talk about the 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 the, the, the what do you call it the monku master 
Is that what you're talking about, Dave? The Monku Master? The, 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 guy, the guy looks like Ozebu against the Monku. And then when time is... Are you talking about the guy with 17 league assists? Uri dos assistências. He's not the that guy. That guy. guy. It's you, like, you, you know, know about the Rei dos Frangos. You know, you know, no, 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 no. I was going to give you one better. It's like, you ever driven to Barrada and they're all Rei dos Leitões? <laughs> é tudo, Rei dos Leitões. Aquilo é o Rei dos Leitões. Rei dos Leitões. We were there. This... É, pai, é penalti, tudo, Rei dos Leitões. Penaltis todos falham, man. Sim, mas ninguém tá falando. Te... But, dude, dude, the fact is that he had a poor game, then he wound up with a later assist, and everybody's, oh, he's back. Look, PZ is a player that I believe Benfica needs. Benfica needs to count on, but he is a critical player for Benfica, but it does not shy away from the fact that a lot of times when you need him at the most crucial moment, he has gone missing. And on tonight's agenda, we will look back because we must to the Eintracht uh, game second leg of Benfica's uh, quarterfinals uh, Europa League appearance. Let's uh, let's get right into this uh, Eintracht game. And hey, look, I I'll just and I know that that that, that Chris and, and and Hugo definitely want to add something onto this, but let me let me just give you a little bit of perspective. I'll give you a little bit of a perspective on. Uh, on Benfica and Benfica in Europe. So for us, and all of us are uh, immigrants that are out of the country, uh, and in a country that we live, or countries that we live, both Canada and the U.S., uh, where you get to meet people of all walks of life, of all nationalities, and there's a lot of things that we have in common. We have the, the love for football in common. Uh, so we always praise our club, uh, and we always hope that our club does the best uh, at the European stage. And that's because a lot of people look at the Portuguese league and, and say the Portuguese league is always a three-horse race or a two-horse race. So when we get a chance to be in Europe, we want our club to do well. All right. With that said, uh, when Benfica has the performance that they did, uh, in Europe, and uh, I'm not just talking about this this uh, this past uh, season, but also uh, last season where we had that shameful performance in, in a Champions League. It's it's something that the people that we interact on a day to day basis that uh, we profess our love to Benfica for and our our club in Portugal for always get on our case, right? So. What's the matter with your club? Your club can't defeat this team. Your club is shit in Europe, so on and so forth. So, with that, uh, with that being said, Eintracht, right? So, there's a lot of conversation. There's been a lot of conversation about uh, what has been given priority to. Has it been the league? Has it been Europe? Cristiano, I'll let you go first. I know that you have a very strong opinion about Benfica's participation in Europe, uh, not only because of what I just explained, but there's a few other factors that you want to talk about. Bro, I, I don't even know where to begin, Alfredo. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just very disappointing, uh, once again, to see Benfica bow, bow out of a competition that I don't feel and many other people don't feel that they put their best efforts into it. And I think that's the most aggravating part. Um, you get knocked out when you give it your all, when you field your best 11, when you make the competition a priority and you fall short, man. Look, you could applaud the gents, you could applaud, you applaud the guys and move on to the next uh, competition and hope to do well there. But when it feels or it seems like um, that that. That is not the case at the moment, that the club 
is not prioritizing these competitions like they should be. When you've been a long, you know, uh, lifelong Benfica fan and, and, and I was going to say suffering, uh, but it's like uh, that makes it sound domestic, but it's almost the same thing because you live with Benfica everywhere you go. So it is kind of a domestic. Um, it's, 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 it's very hard. It's, it's very hard to, to put up with this. Um, you want the club, again, <laughs> to represent themselves. And uh, once again, I, I, I honestly cannot tell you with a straight face that Benfica uh, once again got knocked out of a European competition with their best effort uh, put forth. And uh, Hugo, a, a club of, of Benfica's history and world prestige, if you will, albeit some of that prestige coming uh, in the 60s, 70s, and perhaps a little bit in the 80s also, uh, now we're, we're looking at a Benfica that is probably an economy Benfica going into competitions like this with such a tight race and in, in domestically. Yeah, no, um, I think Chris pretty much summed it all, summed the way I feel. Um, again, to me, it's unacceptable and it's the wrong strategy to approach. Again, a club of, of Benfica's dimension, as you mentioned before, uh, the bread and butter is Europe. Um It's in Europe that you want to see Benfica perform. It's in Europe that you want to see Benfica play. Uh, I understand it's the Europa League, but realistically right now, unfortunately, that is probably the most realistic competition in Europe for us to win. And I think the fact that we brought a two-goal lead um, to Frankfurt, um, I think majority of, the, of Benfica nation was expecting us to progress. And then obviously once you're in the semifinal, anything could have happened. Uh, but to Chris's point, the, the, uh, what aggravated me about that game was the lack of ambition, the lack of, of uh, carácter, which, which is a word that we use strongly in Portugal. Um, we use it in English, too. It's called character. Character. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of character that the, that, the, that the performance displayed was very discouraging. Um, I expected myself, I'm not going to lie, a lot more from Frankfurt. If you look at it, even Frankfurt, Uh, they pretty much advanced going through the motions. And, and that's really what upset me. Yes, refereeing aside, look, Benfica once again was on the wrong end of an atrocious, atrocious call in Europe. And many people are calling for the VAR. That's a play that doesn't even need VAR. I mean, that, that linesman should be banned, plain and simple. Um, and again, we're on the wrong end of a call like that in Europe, but that's still not excusable. We still had a good... Uh, 50 minutes or so left in the eliminatoria and, and we had we banged the goal, uh, we would have been advancing. Um, again, it's just a lackadaisical performance. That's really the word I'm looking for. And it's just not acceptable for a club of Benfica's dimension. Look, and I don't know who it's coming from, if it's coming from Vieira, if it was Laje's decision. It's unacceptable. And the fan base, myself, we've, we've had enough of this bullshit. Look, I know I know, I, I tend to talk a lot here on the Benfica podcast. And a lot of times, there's a lot of nonsense, a lot of noise. I understand that. But the thing that really pisses me off, and as I stated just a couple of weeks ago, Alfredo and, and Dave, I'm not sure you were on, Hugo, but I'm pretty sure you listened to the podcast where I went off on a little rant, you know, that, that every time we get knocked out of a competition, it's okay because we got the Campeonato. And then we get knocked out of the Tasa of the League, and it's okay because we got the – and then the Tasa of the – and everything is okay, everything is okay. And it seems like that 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 is Juzencia, right, that we – That, that, that perfection that we demand from our club, it seems like everyone is content with just competing for domestic titles, 
And and, and lately, <laughs> lately, the fans, right, especially after George Rizzo, the fans have seemed to turn in favor of, not in favor, but become supporters of Made in Seychelles, Benfica producing hot young shots, yacht prospect, hot prospects, selling them off to Europe, and only competing for domestic competitions, which, I mean, to me, it, it, it leads me to believe that that is, we're becoming sporting. That's what sporting is has been, and that's what we've been laughing at for the last 30 years. That you know, we're arguing about where our players are playing, how much they've been sold for. At the end of the day, we're not winning anything. I mean, we're competing for little domestic competition. Benfica, if you want to be a big shark, you want to be the big club that, that Luis Vieira keeps preaching about, and every and every Benfica you meet, right? At least the old timers keep preaching that Benfica is still a big club. You need to compete at the highest stage. Okay, Benfica today, like Hugo mentioned before, maybe, maybe a competition like the Europa League today is more suitable for Benfica because obviously uh, the big differences in wages with, with, with you know, and, and with the big sharks in the Champions League, I get it. But look, you need to w- crawl in order to walk. And I think Benfica using these opportunities in these games and, and you're a game away from appearing in another European Cup semifinal where anything could happen. And it just seemed like Benfica, did not come into this game on Thursday with that attitude in mind. I thought, again, as as Hugo mentioned, look, a good point. Benfica was again, once again, unfortunately, Portuguese team was once again on the wrong end of a terrible, terrible mistake, a terrible call. And, and it's asinine to me how the Champions League has VAR, but the Europa League doesn't have VAR. It's the same competition run by UEFA. It's just, it just look, that's some of the conversation from the day. It's just, just asinine. But, I think Benfica opened the door by the way they came out, and it seemed like to me they were content with the two-goal lead off Fredo, right? We're just going to sit back, and we're going to defend, and we're not really going to try to go forward that much. And if we hold on to a goal lead, a two-goal lead, great. If we don't, oh, well, who cares because it's all about the yeah. Campeonato. And I think by doing that, not even attempting to come forward, I think that that Open the door for, for these dumb mistakes by referees. I think if Benfica went in there and imposed their game, imposed their style of play, and try to play football that we've grown so accustomed to seeing on the Brun Lodge, all that shit would have wouldn't even wouldn't have even been a topic. Let me uh let, let's just put a, a bow on this uh on this European uh, campaign by Benfica this season, and I'll just I'll ask the, you three guys that this one question, and knowing what we know, and knowing what Benfica went through their season, and I'll start with you, Dave. Uh, and you could just just a a quick answer is fine. Do you feel that this European competition for Benfica was a success or was a disappointment? Well, looking back at last year, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, that's for sure. But the way we dropped out, uh, I think it left a lot of people wanting more. Uh, and it begs the question, where what is this club's uh, um, ambitions in Europe? Is it to actually go out and win a, a tournament like the Europa League, or is it to just go and showcase uh, players and uh, rotate the squad, get some minutes for guys that uh, haven't been uh, getting the minutes? To me personally, I, I wanted them to uh, take this uh, competition more seriously. Um, like we've mentioned, if we're going to be uh, key on rotation, then use a team like Maritimu to rotate the uh, squad. But Yeah, Cristiano... Uh, it's all it's all here. Say no. Sorry, uh, Cristiano. Positive or disappointment? 
Dave, oh, Dave. Success like, or disappointment, hmm, I should Dave, say. Dave, let me just – it didn't take much to improve on last year. I think showing up <laughs> and not giving up a goal for 20 minutes was an improvement. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Uh, look, uh, it was an improvement based on what they did last – absolutely. They improved this season in the Champions League knockout stage, right? Or not knockout stage, I'm sorry, group stage. They actually got to, 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 to you know, punctuate this time as opposed to last season. Um, so that was an improvement, but they still went home. Then they get knocked out to the secondary competition and with an opportunity to make it to another European semifinal. Yeah, you went. You well, go. Chris. Yeah, no, to, to, Alfredo, to answer your question, to me, it's a major disappointment. Uh, again, we bowed out of the Champions League group stage uh, the way we did. Um, yes, I understand Ajax is the Cinderella story of the competition, but if you guys recall correctly, um, and even recently, I believe Delete, their center back, said the same thing. He said our strongest opponent that we faced was Benfica. Uh, if you guys recall correctly, Rui Vitória is Benfica. Rui Vitória is Benfica. If you guys recall correctly, in Amsterdam, um, I thought Benfica could have won the game, and then obviously in Lisbon, we were unfortunate not to win the game. Um, so there's a sour taste there. You bow out of, you bow out of the Champions League group stage again, and, and then you get put into the Europa League. And again, for me, the minute you go into the Europa League, it has to be pedal to the metal. You have to want to win that competition, number one, because let's face it, the club has never won the UEFA Cup, right? So it's a trophy that you're adding to the history of the club that you don't have. And then number two, guys, one thing that we haven't touched on is the club ranking coefficient. We've dropped from, I believe we were seventh or eighth place. We're now sitting at 21st, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, we need to get back uh, our, our, our ranking coefficient. And you can't just prioritize competitions and say the Europa League is not important. Um, so to me, to answer your question, it, it was a major disappointment. Chris, you want to take a stab at this? For you, the highlight of Benfica's European campaign for you. Well, uh, since Starapt was not registered, <laughs> definitely can't mention him. So... I, I'll, I'll go with that as well. I think Benfica not only fielding a bunch of kids from Seychelles, I believe an average age of 22 or whatever the hell it was at the time, having the guts to go on a road, playing with kids, and then getting Benfica's first ever victory in, 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 in Turkey, I thought that was impressive. Um, and so I have an honorable mention to um, – Joan Felix is, is, is Hatrik at home. Yeah. Um, obviously, we all know who he was, but I think the rest of Europe uh, found out who he was that day. I wanted to mention one more thing, guys. I don't know. Did you guys catch the Philippe Vieira interview today by any chance? Um, yeah. I, be, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about that. Uh, Philippe Vieira did, gave an interview, and I think one of the highlights was that he was going to do his damnest or his hardest not Same. to lose any players this season. Same. Which means they're all gone. Which means they're all gone. <laughs> No, what I just wanted to mention, uh, the, the reason I mentioned that is just the timing again. Like, there's no reason why we're, three, we're, we're four games to go in the league, such a big game coming up in four days, and this guy's coming out publicly and giving, giving a, uh, a, uh, an interview. Um, and I don't know if you guys mentioned as well, he kind of took a shot at Samarish. If you guys caught that or not, I uh, just wanted to hear obviously everybody's thoughts. I know, I know you got it. You got to think for Samari Zugu. Let uh, I know you got to think, but Opa. yeah, he, he was asked about Samari's renewal. It's just uh, the wrong timing, in my opinion. To, yeah, to I, well, yeah. I, 
I think, look, at this point, you got to keep your mouth shut and you got to let the team do its business on the field. O Hugo não gosta de notícias fora de campo e depois vai falar de notícias fora de campo. <laughs> não, não é isso. What I'm saying is, uh, again, right, the, the team should be all in on this objective right now. There's no reason Hugo, why Hugo, Hugo, is coming I, out I and giving, and giving more, a ball a chance to... Uh, of all o jogo and record the chance yes. to put Vieira on the front cover with you more declarações para incendiar ainda mais os ambientes. That's all I'm saying. I, I couldn't, I, but incendiar, at the end of the day, he didn't really say anything to incendiar anything, Hugo. I mean, he talked about his own club. He didn't he really... Did. He did. He, what, mentioned, what, the he, he took a shot at Samadhi, Jay, which the press is going to be all over that. Said, okay, but look, he said what we all expected him to say. Um, I long timing for me. I, I, I didn't expect them to say that, oh, yeah, we're going to sell it. Look, man, look, it is what it's noise. Um, newspapers have to sell their covers and have to sell their papers. At least we get asked to come out and say something. Uh, maybe it was intentional, maybe it was not. Maybe it was with the idea of sending a, a parting shot at the Samaris of the world. We don't know. There's plenty of rumors surrounding Samaris. I know you have a soft spot for Samaris, like many other people do, and he's been absolutely lights out since. Since Lodge has, has stepped up and, and, and been named head coach of Benfica, uh, and, and he deserves uh, all the, the plaudits that he's been getting of late. But look, that stuff will be taken care of uh, in an office somewhere. In right due now. time. Yeah, in due time. I'm not really too con concerned with it. What I'm worried about is the game on Sunday, regardless of what the president says, regardless of what anybody says. And I think the one thing about Bruno Lodge is that he'll have everyone focused in that locker room. Yeah, so let me let me set the stage real quick. Uh, this is a Braga team that has not won a match against one of the big three. Uh, having a, a chance to, to, to finally uh, beat uh, uh, one of the big three teams in Benfica, coming to the Pedreira, uh, playing in their stadium, they felt that... Uh, this was a chance for them to redeem themselves for, for especially from the was it six two at the Stadio de Luz uh, earlier on in the season, um, and 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 again they're they're also fighting and chasing Sporting for that uh, that final uh, third place, uh, which gives you access to the Champions League uh, pre qualifiers, I believe, right? No, no, they don't. Third don't, place doesn't give you no, a pre qualifiers. No. Portugal hasn't scored enough uh, points oh, okay. to, to, to come to get back there. So I think I think third place goes straight into an Open League. Second place is the one that goes into the playoff, if I'm not mistaken, because we're behind in the coefficiency as we as we speak. We're behind Russia, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, a very important game, and, and and you could tell right away as soon as the game started. Good atmosphere, uh, uh, limited uh, Benfica supporters there, but still a, an outpour of support. Uh, especially with both the the the, the Vermilhão, which is the Benfica's bus, leaving uh, Lisbon, and outpour of support uh, by the fans being there. Also, the arrival in, in Villanova de Gaia, which is where Benfica stayed uh, in the hotel uh, prior to the game, uh, an outpour of support there. Then uh, arriving at the stadium, another outpour. So, but still, there was limited uh, seats that were allocated to Benfica, as we discussed uh, last week. Uh, but nonetheless, a very uh, important support and, and you could tell that the, the crowd was up for it so Braga is definitely up for it with a point to, to prove start of the game pressing Benfica very high high intensity trying a lot Benfica, not to let Benfica uh, get comfortable and you go for those 15-20 minutes it, it was it was nerve-wracking talk through what uh, what went through your mind during those 15-30 minutes yeah no for sure The the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought Benfica came out very flat. Um, Braga really took the game to us. Um, I think it had a lot to do with, uh, obviously, 
Benfica, as a big team, does not like to be pressed high. Um, and Braga started with a very high press. Uh, Sabino was leading it, as we say. Um, and they really difficult, made life difficult for Benfica. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the icing on the cake was the, was the goal at the half-hour mark of the game. Um, and, and look, I really, um, aside from what I just mentioned that Braga did right, I think Benfica, um, I don't know if it was what you just touched on, Alfredo, all the outpouring of support, all the, I don't know if, I'm sure that that adds more pressure to the players. Maybe it doesn't, but all I know is Benfica was not themselves, um, in that first half. Um, I, I think I made a joke with Grish, with Cristiano, uh, during the first half that, uh, I mean, if Benfica players had diapers, they they would have to be changed because they were shitting bricks, just like just like us us during the game. Um, but uh, but again, gotta give credit to Braga, right? Uh, they executed their game plan uh, to perfection in that first half. Um, however, obviously, uh, to keep that up for ninety minutes is is uh, unless you're in your your top physical shape is practically impossible and I think Bifika took advantage of that in the second half. And I thought that Bruno Lage, again, as I mentioned, there are he does need time with these guys off the field. But at the same time, as I mentioned before, we cre- we criticize Ruvitoria plenty for not making in-game changes, in-game tactical decisions. And I thought Bruno Lage could have done that a little bit earlier. And I know it's a lot easier now. Like, you know, whatever, just ignore it. They won the game and they had an impressive second half. And obviously Benfica's a totally different team based on whatever the hell you know the told the players or whatever changes he made at the half. But I thought that he could have dealt with that pressure a lot earlier in the first half, which they did it. And then Benfica, unfortunately enough, they went down 1-0. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to come here and call uh, Ruben Diaz a brutal. But like at that time, bro, like if he doesn't step in, he's going to shoot. It, it's a no-win situation, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a no-win situation right there. And, he, you know, obviously that was a foul. Clear foul to Clear the foul. Of penalty box, and they got the, you know they put it away. They got the penalty, put it away. But I thought that there was ways that Benfica could have dealt with that press in the first half, and I, I was disappointed they did. Braga came out like a wounded dog. I mean, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, the hum- the humiliation humiliation they went through at the start of the lose with the six two defeat, and at the time they were riding a very high wave. You know, a lot of people were were, were claiming that you know or you know touting them as 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 a as a as a title contender at the time, and Benfica really. Uh, put a dash in those hopes. And then so they come home and like, this is our opportunity to show everybody that that game was a fluke. And they came out like a wounded dog. Their pride was hurt. They wanted to prove to everybody that that game was a fluke. And look, credit to them. First half, uh, they, they, you know, they, every, they made every second count. Um, and you saw that these guys, the professional athletes, obviously there's a lot of noise outside the pitch of Braga breeding pernas and Braga's Benfica and all this noise. And I think that affects a player, man. When you're, when you're a professional player, you know, you know that you're doing your very best to go out there and play the best of your capabilities. And then you hear these unfortunate accusations just because things don't go your way. I think these guys have a lot of pride and they tried to show that to everybody else and credit to them. And I think it did catch Benfica off guard. I thought Benfica thought they were going to be a little bit more uh, reserved, be considering the fact that Benfica scored six goals on them. To their credit, they came out totally different. And uh, to Benfica's credit, they were able to adjust and make all the, yeah. the right decisions at the halftime. And then second half, Benfica, within the first five minutes, you could tell it was a totally different team. That first half, uh, to me, it, it reminded me a lot of, of the match against the Frankfurt. It looked like Benfica was just a continuation of that game of not much intensity, uh, obviously for different reasons, but it just seemed like, um, you know, the totally different team in the second half. Benfica really meant business. This is the moment. This is the moment that Hugo steps in and tells you, "Look, I like Svetovic. Uh, he's helping Benfica. <laughs> here. 
mas não tem pinta para o Benfica. Go ahead, you. Go. I, I just stole this thunder, but go no, ahead. No, uh, I, I was just going to say that Seferovic is as advertised, right? Um, you know, he's got the 19 goals this season, and I'm glad he does, right? Because I don't think we are where we are without uh, his 19 goals. So let's give him credit. But uh, if you look at Seferovic's career and his stats, um, at Eintracht, his stats in Switzerland as well, I forget what club he initiated his pro career with, um, he's, he's just not a natural finisher. Uh, he's a workhorse. He's a guy that's going to work uh, for the collective. Um, but at the end of the day, he is just not, uh, he doesn't have that killer instinct to put uh, go goals in the back of the net. Obviously, this this one season is the one uh, where he's been the most productive. But I think I think that's Seferovic. And uh, uh, we just have to, to expect that uh, and know exactly what we have. Um, and again, like I said, I do give him tons of credit this season uh for for having a fantastic season to this point yeah and i i remember seeing pictures of uh the press conference after that game where uh rui costa's absolute and tiago pinto are absolutely dejected uh by the result uh, and i i don't think i've ever seen rui costa so sad uh in a press conference and he was uh, uh, leaning against the wall and he just had this look on his face he was uh, dejected uh, abençoada derrota <laughs> hey, don't don't say that because there's people that have accused us of wanting Benfica to lose uh, for uh, for for Rivitaria to be uh, replaced. But but yes, that was the straw that, that broke. Game was, was, that was the one that that that, that Jardel headers tries to clear it in. He headers it <laughs> on goal. Look like he didn't know. And then oh, it was a mess. Ruben, I think it was like two on goals, right? Yeah. Something like that. It was like I, I don't. I, I know it was, one was definitely Jardel. And I forget who the second one was, but yeah, that game. I mean, taking us back to that moment in time, Oof. to where we're at now. I mean, you went from total desperation, total dejection, to now. I mean, you're three games away from winning the Campeonato. Who who would have ever thunk it that Benfica could have had such a magnificent second half, and you know, had the opportunity to change things around? And I mean, it's look <laughs> like you said, the Rota. If it wasn't for that. We might still be, you know, eight points behind the leaders right now and, and really sucking this all in. So we here we are today live on YouTube on episode 325. 325. Cristiano. What's up? 3-2, 32, plus 5. I dropped out. 37. No, full of stuff. I couldn't do that. 3-2 plus 5. 37. 37. I swear we didn't plan that. We timed it. We timed it perfectly. That's we, why we took those two weeks off a couple months ago. We timed it perfectly. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, uh, probably not too much on the agenda tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking about, obviously, uh, Benfica beating Santa Clara and, and wrapping up their 37th title. Yeah, yeah, the the little. Yeah, right. You beat Santa Clara. We picked up the 37th title in, in the team. I mean, I mean, you act like it's nonchalant. Like, yeah, hey, you know, we got nothing to talk about. We we only won the 37th. For, look, for sure, this is... Malagra uh, Sidba. This, I, I, I want, I want to say something before we 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 start going and, and talking about this, and uh, I, I think I that uh, no, no, no okay. you don't have to, but I, I think that um, <clears throat> there was a moment in the season where there was a lot of frustration on all of our parts, right? Cristiano and I and and Dave, we were we were frustrated more than one moment, and and the reason, <laughs> yeah, the the reason why we were so frustrated is because we knew. Uh, that the talent was there. Uh, and if there was something that we didn't do is that we didn't give up on these players. Uh, we had a very strong opinion about the person who was leading them and the person that was putting them on the field and lining them up. Uh, but we never gave up on these players because if we knew that these players really weren't that great, uh, 
then we were probably discounted. Well, you know, we're not that great. The squad is not that deep. There's not that much talent. So the fact that we're seven points down uh, in the 17th jornada, whatever it is, maybe that's warranted, right? But knowing that we had the talent that we had at our disposal uh, and how how deep we were, it, it just created a lot of frustration for us. Uh, a little bit of yes and no. A little bit of yes a and no. A little bit of yes and no, because let's not forget. Let's not forget. Uh, when Mr. Lodge did take over this, uh, this, this this team, we had a lot of question marks. A lot of guys were not playing up to their capabilities. We had no idea what we had in Ferro, what we had in Florentino. So, I mean, you're right, but there was also other players added to the roster after the, the, the change that, made this roster a little bit deeper and a lot, you know, and, and a little bit stronger. We've, you know, we, we kind of got rid of some of the dead waste. Um, and so, I mean, there, there's, there's some of that, but at the same time, look, Benfica just was not playing well at the time. Um, and so I, I'm guessing you're sending a message or you're responding to someone that, well, that, that said something that triggered this message from you because you're normally one that doesn't uh, send messages. And right now you felt, that you had to take the time out to uh to address something. So uh yeah, look, I, I I'm wondering as 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 to where this comes from. I, I think that uh th this comes from there was a lot of players and, and PT especially saying that uh uh they said we were dead. They said we were dead. And and I know that probably that came a lot from the media, but I don't think there was a a, a fan that really doubted the talent of this team. And I think that the frustration came most from knowing that the talent was there and we really didn't have somebody to lead us. So we had the Ferrari. <laughs> If we could go to the Ferrari uh, analogy that's been used so many times during the past reign. And now we finally, we just didn't have a driver. We didn't I, have a driver. I, I don't know about not believing in this team, but maybe there was some sabotage. Maybe the guy who shined the flashlight in Yada's uh, <laughs> bedroom. Maybe he's trying to sabotage the season. How about that? Is there any possibility of that? Dave, what do you think? If he's if he shone the light on uh, Vieira, that would have been uh, he would have been doing. Uh, he would have wanted Vieira or Rui Vitoria to be there because uh, when he saw the light, he went back on his word uh, for firing him. So I think that guy wanted uh, Rui Vitoria to stay, but uh, sabotage. He, Yeah, I guess, but uh, but sabotage would have been if uh, he still wanted him there and to keep losing. But it all worked out for us uh, with uh, Bruno Lage. Uh, yeah, somebody to take control of the Ferrari and somebody that knew knows how to uh, drive manual and not uh, automatic because uh, this guy really kicked it into gear for us uh, this second half of the season. Yeah, and it was. I mean, look, it was a tremendous turnaround. I don't really care about the Santa Clara game. Look, we won, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a breakdown, <laughs> tune in to another podcast, another show, because I, at the end of the day, I don't care. We won. Uh, we were able to to get the stamp on number 37. Uh, not that any of us doubted at this point. I mean, Benfica had been playing uh, terrific football and coming home against Santa Clara, a team that wants to be Benfica. Just look at their school. Uh, that should tell you enough. Even though they did play well, they That's came in. Well. They came in with bad intentions, and Benfica did have to 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 kind of weather the storm at the beginning of the game. But at the end of the day, this is a fantastic result. This is a fantastic ending to the season to a uh, to to a coach that 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 came in and absolutely 
the face of of what we call in America the franchise. Uh, the in, franchise. In, in, <laughs> you know, what he changed the, the 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 club. He changed the mentality of the players. He injected some some new blood. He got rid of some of the older guys, the guys that came in with high expectations that weren't either good enough or they could not live up to the weight and the pressure of wearing that Benfica shirt. And it's just been like Dave said, the guy came in, drove that Ferrari all the way to to uh to to to, to the finish line. And it's been fantastic to see this club uh just put up the stats and put up victory after victory. Uh just look at his numbers. I'm pretty sure Dave will go over them in a little bit, but the guy dropped two points. Dropped two points the whole second half when in that miserable uh, result at the start of the lose after being up 2-0 against Brunense. It was, just, it was just a tremendous, tremendous turnaround uh, by the boys and by Brun Lodge. And so, uh, look, PZ, I, I know you're offended and and it is what it is, but what, the type of football you guys were playing, being seven points behind a, a Porto that it, forget about, you know, them playing exceptionally well, but they had every bounce go their way, every call go their way. Look, some people doubted you. At the end of the day, uh, I'm glad you use that as 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 motivation. I hope that's that 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 helps yeah. you guys motivate yourself. And right now, it is what it is, man. You're standing at the podium. Um, you yeah. have the the Tasa de Liga, uh, Nars, and that that's all that matters. Yeah, that's what I thought he was talking about. No, he, he, can, he congratulated himself for having the courage to appoint Brunelage. When oh, may I, I may I add? I must have been busy jumping up and down and celebrating the title yeah, when he said that. When, when, what a modest guy! What a modest guy! Yeah, and, and look, if we're looking at this. Don't forget that there was a couple guys that were mentioned before even Bruno Lodge took over. Well, I mean, before that light was, was showing on his bedroom, J all the rumors in the world was that JJ was the next coach of Benfica. And in that light, and then um, that then light talks about Mourinho. And, oh, come on, yeah, that, even even like, with Lodge uh, taking over this team, there were still a couple of weeks there where he wasn't given the permanent uh, role, and they were yeah. still oh he'll be appointed. There'll be a new manager appointed by the end of the week, was, and it, they kept winning, and uh, he got his uh, permanent role there. It was like a good four or five games before they appointed him. I mean, my, my yeah, great uh, me right now. But look, guys. It, for anyone that wants to sit here and wants to criticize anyone that was critical of Benfica at the time, uh, look, guys, it's not just a frustration of where Benfica was at that point in the season. You have to go back to the season prior to that when Benfica lost some very key players. They did not do a good job of bringing in the reinforcements to attack the Campeonato. You lose the Campeonato to Foco do Porto. You lose in the manner that you did in the Champions League. So it was, it was a, a, a frustration of more so of what had happened in the last three months. It was more of, of, of you know, uh, what had happened in the season and a half prior. So I think, look, people were right to 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 to, to show their frustration and and to to, to be critical uh, of the team. And that's what Benfica is. Benfica is always going to be critical when Benfica is not playing well. That's the sign of being a big club. You always expect and you always demand the very best from your club. And look, at the end of the day, uh, whether it was the pressure from the fans that made the switch happen, uh, whether it was the genius Luis Riviera that decided to, uh, you know, to 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 make the coaching change, whatever it was, it worked. And right now, we should all be congratulating the club for doing so. Congratulating whoever needs to be congratulated, whether you know it is Luis Riviera, uh, but somebody has to take credit. Lodge has been exceptional. The players have been exceptional. I congratulate and 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 I have. You know, I have a lot of positive things to say about Brunelage, not just 
because we won the 37. But I admire a coach that comes in and gives every player a clean slate. He recuperated a lot of guys and some bodies of the world. Tarap got to play a little bit of time. Tarap's a guy that was burned for the last four and a half years. So when you bring in a coach with that attitude, it makes everyone work. It makes everyone believe that they have an opportunity to contribute at some point if they put in the work. And it's just it's been so, so nice. Um, and it's, you know, glad, you know, breath of fresh, of fresh air to see a coach like this who comes in and speaks in football terms, but is not a negative and, and he doesn't want to attack other people. He doesn't want to, to send messages to people. I, I think it just, it's so beautiful to see what's happened at Benfica. And I'm just, I'm thrilled more than anything, um, that he's our head coach and, and that he's showing everyone and he's, you know, he's an example to other coaches across the league. I mean, as you guys remember, Alfredo, there was no one. Um, I think that that called for JJ to return more than I did. Um, I was ecstatic with the news that he was possibly coming back to replace Rui Vitoria. Um, I think you might have predicted that, too. I might have. I might, And I was right until that line was shown in his room. So I think that's all I got. Cristiano, you got anything else? Nothing else. Dave? Nope. Follow Dave on uh, Twitter, 87DO87. Uh, Cristiano at 10CO10. I'm just glad we're back on camera and people are able to see our uh, handsome faces. At yeah. least that's what my mom says. Um, and it's it's good. It's good. It's good yeah. to be live. And I'm glad that uh, all 753,000 of you uh, tuned in. It's a pleasure. 500,000. Everyone that was at the Marquez is tuning in live yes, now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> and um, uh, next week, bro, the awards. I yeah. Mean, you got to you, you, you gotta, you tune in for that. One. Yeah. You don't want to miss the awards for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to check out uh, BenficaIndependent.com um, for for a lot of content on Benfica and throughout this uh, offseason. We're we're there. We're going to try to contribute. If you uh, want to write in English, uh, let me know, and uh, I'll I'll make sure that uh, you get uh, send me a DM. Send me a DM. I'll tell you how to send me wire me some money. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Uh, the, I'll uh, I'll. People are looking for English content in, on Befica Independent. There's German content. There's uh, Portuguese content. French. There's French content. So uh, we need to get that English content. So if you have a talent for writing and you like uh, writing about Benfica, hit me up. I, I can get you in there. Um, anyway, that's all we got. Don't forget to check out, uh, as I mentioned, Befica.com, BefikaPodcast.com. <laughs> Befica.com also. I don't know if that's even a thing. Uh, at Befica Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Thank you very much. Um, talk to you again next week. See you, everybody. Peace. Later. Ciao.